You're listening to Panthers on Tap. I'm Curtis Round, joined by Bryson Carbley. We're just two fans sharing our love for the game in Carolina Panthers football. So join us, crack open a cold one, some bubbly, a little wine, some scotch. We don't care, whatever makes you sleep better at night. Before we dive into the episode, a little self-promotion. Stop what you're doing. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap. Join the discussion on our Facebook group. We have over 2,500 members. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Panthers on Tap. The Super Bowl has come and gone. The Kansas City Chiefs are the champions. They beat the Eagles in a shootout 38-35 to over the weekend. It's been a while. We've had a week off here. Uh, let's let's get into the Super Bowl first, Bryson. Just initial thoughts on the game. Uh, surprise, not surprise. What would you think of the holding call at the end? Just thoughts on the big game. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a good game. Um, obviously, uh, uh, if you're a fan of offense, you're a fan of that game. Wasn't a whole lot of defense played. Um, both offensive lines played really well. Didn't allow a whole lot of sacks and uh, weren't that many turnovers besides the Jalen Hurts fumble. So uh, I thought overall, I mean, a great game offensively uh, on both sides of the ball. Was really impressed with Jalen Hurts specifically. Um, really don't think that he was the reason that the Eagles lost that game. Uh, I thought he made a lot of throws that were very impressive. And I think he submitted his, himself as a top five quarterback in this league. Uh, I think he's got every trait that you look for in a franchise quarterback from the leadership down to the arm talent to the mobility. Um, he, he does everything. Uh, I don't think he's he lacks in any area of, of a quarterback. And what to get in the second round. And I know there was that report floating around that the Eagles almost took Jeremy Chin over uh over Jalen Hurts and um maybe maybe Hurts would be a Panther. Uh but you know it it is what it is and we're we're happy with Jeremy Chin in Carolina but but I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um but yeah I, I think overall I, I picked the Chiefs to win the game. I think my my score prediction was thirty four Chiefs twenty seven uh, thirty four Chiefs Eagles twenty seven, so I, I was kind of close, but but not really, <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that there was going to be such an offensive uh, shootout like that, but I'm glad it was, and uh, I figured you know the the Eagles were the better team, but the Chiefs had the best player in the world on their team, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, and he's not human. Uh, playing on a hurt ankle and doing what he did and wheeling his team to a, a victory was just outstanding. He's the best player in the league. He's on his way to be the best player ever to do it. Uh, you know, he's played five five years, five All Pros, two Super Bowls, two MVPs, first MVP to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. He's just spectacular, and the Chiefs lucked into uh, an all time talent. And I'm just so jealous as a Panthers fan, but. Uh, but yeah, I think the game lived up to the hype and, uh, and congratulations to the chiefs. Yeah, it was a good game. Um, I was shocked at how much they ran Jalen hurts, uh, which was obvious. I mean, it was a good game plan for most, for most of the game. Um, did not expect that again. I didn't watch every single Eagles game, but I thought hurts, you know, that definitely was a, a focal point to that offense in that game. And, and, and they took advantage of it early on happy for the chiefs, not an Eagles fan. Didn't want them to win. Don't like Eagles fans for the most part. I have a couple of friends that are, you know, they're great people, but I've, I've been to games and some of their fans are pretty terrible. So I'm, I'm happy they lost. Um, And I like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that guy has, has proven that, uh, he's an elite talent and will, you know, he's going to, he's going to challenge Tom Brady, I think down, the, you know, by the end of his career. So we shall see what happens, but yeah, I thought it was a good game overall. The holding penalty was definitely, I see both ways. I thought it was ticky tacky. I don't know if I would have thrown the flag in that situation, but I, it, I mean, Bradbury, uh, admitted it. He, you know, he tugged the jersey. It was clear you could see the tug. I just don't know if I would have thrown it in that moment. Yeah, I mean, they they hadn't thrown any holding penalties up to that point, and I think there were pretty clearly some flags that they could have thrown up to that point, and they chose not to. So, uh, I I wanted the Sheeps to win, uh, but 
I thought that the penalty was was like you said, ticky tacky. Like they, you really shouldn't be uh, hinging the Super Bowl on uh, a holding penalty like that. I didn't think that Juju would have even got to the ball anyways. But uh, you know, Bradbury admitted the hold, which I'm sure that he could have admitted that he held on a handful of other plays that weren't called. So yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a, a call that cost the Eagles the Super Bowl. And at the end. Yeah. And I want to commend Andy Reed. I know a lot, a big part of his success, you know, he is a damn good coach and we'll go down as uh, arguably one of the best in the game, but you know, he is tied to Patrick Mahomes and a lot of his success is tied to him, but that game plan offensively in the second half was just masterful to watch. And I mean, when you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes, you can do a lot of different things, which helps out. But man, it was that was a fun game to watch uh, for them offensively across the board. And I also won 160 bucks, so I'll take it. It was a, <laughs> a successful Super Bowl for me. So, what'd you think of the halftime show, Rihanna? Uh, I think it was, it was it was good. I mean, she was obviously pregnant, so I'm sure she was not feeling. Um, the best she's ever felt in her life for a concert, but, but yeah, I think uh, it, it was good. I I love her songs and um, so many bangers that she back to back to back. And I wish she would have brought somebody out like Drake or something because I'm a huge Drake fan. But you know, it was cool seeing her, and I thought the whole setup with her like levitating in the air and everything was really cool. So I thought it was a good halftime show. Yeah, I thought it was good. I wouldn't say it was great. It's probably not my top show. I honestly don't even know how I'd rank them, but. I thought for the most part it was good. There was a lot of songs. I mean, you knew majority of the songs. I'm similar to you. I was I was hoping she'd bring out a guest, Jay Z. I mean, there there were so many celebrities there that she has sang with that were actually at the game. I'm shocked that none of them actually came out with her performing. Yeah. But I get it too. I mean, you wanna you wanna be you know it's it's her show, and I get that. So again, it was a good one. Commercials. Yeah, I thought they were kind of, yeah, I didn't think they, they were that great. No, so, they were not good. But let's get, before we get to into the Panthers here, let's talk about Hassan Reddick. He was, he's obviously an Eagle, and he had some comments leading up to the Super Bowl that I thought was interesting. He said, it wasn't that I wanted to test free agency. Carolina just had other plans and other directions they wanted to go to which kind of falls in line with the Matt Rule comments of, for some reason, not wanting to win in, in um, right away and be on a five- to seven-year plan and not, you know, keep around some of the guys. You know, Stefan Gilmore is another one to name. But just I don't understand the um, – them wanting to get rid of him or not trying to resign him. And I know Reddick would have been, you know, a good chunk of change to keep, but him and Burns this year would have been a, would have been a damn good tandem again. Yeah. And I, I think the players that you see um, instead that they signed, um, you can argue very easily that Reddick is the, <laughs> the better of, of the group. So uh, it, it was disappointing. Matt Rule is the gift that keeps on giving with uh, players coming out. It seems like every day having something else to say about him or him going on a podcast and having something to say about Carolina. So uh, I'm just so like, I, I hate saying his name. It just makes me sick to say it because of how far back he set us. And um, I mean, it's just, it's just disappointing. It just continues to disappoint me, but uh, we're on the uptrend now. Um, obviously, we've, we'll get into the, the hires, but um, Carolina is, is moving on. Uh, I don't know if Matt Rule has yet, but uh, Carolina is in, in the right direction. Yeah, and an update on your tweets, and we might as well fill folks in on that. Bryson had uh, tagged me and Matt Rule in a, a tweet about going out last weekend on Saturday. We did go out. Songs were sung. <laughs> and alcohol was <laughs> consumed. <laughs> so there's the update there. And we um, did not we did not get alcohol poisoning. So that, that, that's the good part. Well, let's talk. Uh we'll, we'll, again, we'll get into the Banders Irish, but let's talk quickly here. Steve Wilkes, he lands on his feet pretty quickly, not 
really shocked at this at all and really goes through a hell of a situation. Hired as the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Hats off to him. I mean, he deserves it. I think he's going to be a hell of a defensive coordinator over there. Thank goodness for them. He's going to be calling plays and Al Holcomb won't be. Al Holcomb will probably be on his staff, but he probably, he, I mean, he's not obviously going to be the DC there, but top ranked defense. I mean, that, that side of the ball for the 49ers is just littered with talent. It's ridiculous. So there are just, they're going to keep rolling defensively. I don't think they're going to lose much or, I mean, they might even gain. He's, he's going to be a hell of a coordinator for them. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for Wilkes to get the best, you know, that's the best defensive coordinator gig in the NFL right now. So uh for him to to land that and I think that he'll his name will be floating around for coaching vacancies um in the next season or two, uh for a head coaching position. I think, you know, he we all know what he can do, what kind of leader he is, and um he's gonna have this opportunity again. So could couldn't be happier for him and um I wish him the best in San Francisco. All right, let's get to the hires for Carolina, and we'll start on the defensive side here. Ejiro Evero, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'll probably get a better idea once he is actually introduced. But Evero, the defensive coordinator, young, upcoming talent, he interviewed for the head coaching job for this team. Bryson, initial thoughts on the new defensive coordinator. Yeah, I was extremely excited uh, when it was announced. I know there were a lot of teams interested in Evero. I know the Viking it came down between the Panthers and the Vikings, I believe. And um, he, he, like you mentioned, he interviewed for multiple head coaching positions and was a finalist in multiple, including the one in Carolina. So to get a uh, a young defensive up and up and comer like Evero uh, to be on your staff as the defensive coordinator under Frank Wright, I think is just a home run hire. Uh, he was my number two befi- behind Fangio, but I think that you can ar- argue uh, Evero is the better hire just based on age. And um, and, I, and Evero worked with Fangio, so he's he knows. Uh, I mean, that he's a disciple of Fangio. So it's arguably the you're going to get the same base defense, uh, the 3-4. And um, I think that it's, like I mentioned, a, a home run hire. He's going to bring – he already brought in the linebackers coach, Peter Hansen, with him. I'm sure there's going to be others. Uh, I think there was one mentioned today, uh, safety uh, secondary coach from the um, from the Rams that he worked with. But, you know, it, it's going to continue to fill in. And I think Evero controlling that side of the ball, I mean, I'm excited for Brian Burns. I'm excited for J.C. Horn. Uh, Evero's coached like a top 10 defense, I think, for the past two or three years in um, Denver. And uh, – I think to get somebody that was a finalist for your head coaching position to be your defensive coordinator um, really speaks a lot to what people think of Frank Wright, what the league thinks of Frank Wright, and um, what Evero thinks um, Reich is doing in Carolina. So I'm excited, and I think that uh, the defense is going to be set up hopefully for a couple years at least with Evero because I know he's – I mean, he was hot candidate this this go-around. Uh, he's going to continue to to be a potential head coach for years to come until he eventually does accept a job somewhere. So uh, hopefully we can enjoy him while he's here and um, continue to build that defense. uh, That's been kind of the bright spot for this team for a while. Yeah, you said it best. I mean, this was the second best candidate to Vic Vangio. I think a guy who is, you know, highly touted across the league, a highly sought after candidate. You know, a lot of teams are looking at him, and it's good to see Carolina finally winning over some of these coaches and taking them from other teams that wanted him, which is good to see again. And didn't watch a whole hell of a lot. I mean, I saw, I obviously saw the Denver game when they came to Carolina, but he, you know, he had that defense playing in a top 10 level. All season last year, I think there were seventh in total defense, something like that. And I know they were, I think, fifteenth uh, or 14th in points allowed, which was really good. And I know they had a, you know, a couple of starters out as well and injuries throughout the season that they battled. And for him to keep that team, you know, in the top 10 of the league is is pretty impressive. So I'm excited. I'm curious to see, you know, they're gonna be going, you know, Phil Snow was more of a 
4-3, and now it's going to be going back to a 3-4. So I'm curious to see, or at least that's what in, you would think is going to happen because that's what he ran in Denver. Again, that I'm sure there's going to be different looks, and it might not be all just 3-4, but they're going to have to definitely add some guys, I think. I don't think you're going to be able to put um, – <laughs> YGM out there as your DN because that's what it's looking like at this point and that is not ideal so we'll see maybe he will thrive in a you know a 3-4 style of defense um, but you know just looking at Joe Persons reporting it sounds like you know Brian Burns is going to thrive in this defense I'm really excited to see what JC Horn can do you know Patrick Sertan has had has had success in this defense and you know played made the pro bowl this year played at a really high level so i think jc horn is going to be another um he's going to reap the benefits of this and i also think jeremy chin because he's going to he's going to be moving back down to the box it sounds like when we'll see what happens you know as again this is all it's still fresh but i think he might be moving down, and we all know what Jeremy Chin did his first season. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, I don't know how long this guy is going to be around. It sounds like, I mean, this might be a one and done for him. I mean, he may be going to a, being a head coach next year already. So, hopefully, they can retain him for you know more than one season. It'll be tough too, so they better have someone in the um, ranks, and Frank Reich have a be better have a plan already in place that you know they're kind of building someone up in in uh, you know at another position to take his role because that guy, he is going to be gone soon. It's going to happen, so it's exciting. I'm glad. I'm happy for it. Let's talk. Stay on defense, Dom Capers. I mean, this seems like. Literally, I, I think I tweeted out like last week. It's like the 90s are coming back for Carolina. It's crazy. Dom Capers, first head coach for the Panthers, won a Super Bowl with the Packers at defensive coordinator, and then was kind of an assistant and bounced around a little bit. But Dom is now coming back as a senior defensive assistant. I like it. I mean, he worked with Evero in Denver. And, I mean, the guy has been around the block a long time. So we have, and, you know, he's, he, when you come, think of defensive guys, he's one to come up, come to mind with the Vic Vangios of the world. So I think it's going to be good and it's healthy when Evero can kind of bring his own staff over too. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's back with his, the first quarterback in Panthers history to throw a touchdown and with the first coach, Dom Capers, and, uh, Frank Reich back together and I don't think you can ever have too much expertise on your team and I think that's something that Matt Rule's tenure lacked uh, in the NFL so uh, bringing in somebody like Dom Capers who like you mentioned has been around for a long time longer than I've been alive he's been in the NFL coaching so uh, I don't think having uh, too many of those guys around is going to be a detriment at all I think you know any any time you can have somebody that has that kind of experience and and knowledge on staff is just something that's invaluable to your team. Uh, he's he's been there. He's done. It, he's won a Super Bowl as a coach. So uh, to have him on the staff is something that's that's going to prove invaluable. I believe. Yeah, and while we're talking about defense, one guy I wanted to mention that is someone to just keep on your radar for the Panthers to target, and that's Alex Singleton. Linebacker played for Denver last year, had his best season, like 150 or something like it was a like pretty damn high number for tackles. But just someone to watch going into free agency because they're, I mean, they're probably going to add someone in the middle, I would think, at linebacker. So, and, and one other one just to mention while while you mentioned linebackers, uh, Bobby Okarike from uh, from the Colts. Uh, he was uh, the linebacker for Frank Reich for a while, and um in Indianapolis. So that's another player to watch. Uh, I, I think him and Frank have a really good relationship. So uh, two linebackers that would immediately upgrade the Panthers linebacking core. So hopefully those are two of the players that they do target. Let's move to the offense. Still have the hole right now at offensive coordinator. I'm sure that will be filled by the end of this week, but still some, some big names into the fold. Deuce Staley has been added. 
And that was kind of, you know, mentioned a couple of weeks back already, but that has become official today and looks like he will be the assistant head coach and the running backs coach. Let's start with him. Deuce Staley, what do you like about him? Yeah, he's a, he's a dude, man. He's a, he's a motivator. Uh, he is uh exciting, uh, young, up-and-coming coach. I think he won't be on staff very long in Carolina because I think he's eventually going to be a head coach somewhere as well. Uh, really, I think that they're, he's from South Carolina. Um, there's a health issue going on with his mother, so um, Detroit allowed him to make the lateral move to Carolina to be closer to his mom to help take care of that situation, uh, which is, you know, great of of Detroit and their staff over there. Can't say enough about them. Really impressed with the way Dan Campbell's running things in Detroit. But, yeah, I think to get a, a coach like him who the players love and who's obviously going to bring some expertise, the Lions had one of the best running back rooms in the NFL last year. Uh, Jamal Williams is a free agent, so that may be something to keep your eye on. Uh, Jamal Williams is a beast and would immediately – uh, BRB1 in Carolina, I, I believe. So uh, I think I think that, you know, it just continues to impress me with the coaches that Frank is bringing in and it continues to say what how well-respected he is across the league from head coaches to coordinators to janitorial staff in, across the league in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, all I can think of is the hard knocks where he's going at it with the Lions defensive coordinator that's name's escaping me right now. Is it Aaron Glenn? Yeah, Glenn. And by the end of the episode, he lost his voice from just screaming (laughs) the entire practice. It was great. I remember seeing that live and I was like, holy shit, this guy's crazy. (laughs) In a good (laughs) way, not in a bad way, in a good way. So, yeah, I'm excited. I think, I mean, he coached. I remember he coached the senior bowl. I think it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. The lions were in there. He was the coach for that team. And you got to see a little bit more of him as well. And then we also stole Ben Johnson's right-hand man. So I'm all for that since he didn't come. So <laughs> I'll <Yeah>. take that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no. I, I don't know. I, we may be happy that he didn't come. Uh, with the yeah. I mean, we'll so, see uh, how it shakes out. We'll see how yeah. it shakes out, but do Staley. Uh, again, mad respect, like you said, to Detroit to uh, allow him to come. You know, some things are just bigger than football. So total respect on their end for that. And then the big, you know, well, we'll, we'll talk about the big one that happened today as well. But let's let's talk about Josh McCown, because I did not see this one coming. And yeah. I don't know if a lot of people really did, but this is an intriguing hire in a lot of, you know, a different ways but josh mccown break it down for me yeah he uh I'm, I'm with you i did not see this coming i don't really see any connection uh you know off the top of my head to a whole lot of people on the staff but uh you know josh mccown was a guy who was interviewing for head coaching positions last year i think he was interviewing with the texans uh he is a very knowledgeable obviously uh person in general about football you played in the league forever and as a quarterback and I think kind of even served as more of like a mentor towards the end of his career to uh, specifically Sam Darnold, but other quarterbacks as well. And I think bringing him in as a quarterback's coach, which uh, a lot of people respected around the league, which a lot of people thought McCown was eventually going to be anyways, uh, I think is a step in the right direction because they're mixing a lot of the, uh, they have the you know the senior assistants or the people with head coaching or head coaching experience or um, just experience in the league in general, and they're mixing some of the younger guys with them. So to bring in somebody like McCown, who uh, if you, I've watched in some of his film breakdown of quarterbacks in this draft, uh, he's uh, he's very knowledgeable and kind of more hip to quarterbacks nowadays than you would think. Like. Uh, Sean Ryan was uh, Panthers' previous uh, quarterbacks coach, so I'm, I was excited with it. And you know, after I they announced it, and I was looking into it a little bit more, he's very fond of C.J. Stroud, apparently. So maybe he can bring some of that um, thought process into the uh, war room for Carolina, and uh, and and hopefully get us in the right direction. Yeah, just watching his. Um... Well, first off, hats off to Josh Norris 
underdog fantasy. Those uh, those breakdowns with him were great. I love that. And we got really lucky because we literally get to see the Panthers QB coach break down the rookies in this upcoming draft, which not a lot of people can say. So that's awesome. That content is just wonderful. And he just, just watching that, he's very knowledgeable of the position. Obviously he played it. Um, He, I mean, he had a pretty lengthy career in the NFL as a quarterback. So it's, I think that's going to be a really nice addition to a team that has not gotten that position right. And will finally hopefully stabilize that position. So again, no coaching experience. I know uh, there was a lot of flack when he was, there was rumors that he was going to get the job in Houston. And then they kind of backed out after that leaked. So again, I mean, this guy, it seems like he's up and coming and he finally gets a, you know, a, a crack at the coaching job and I'm excited. It's in Carolina. Cause I think he's going to add, you know, he's going to be a, it's going to be add a lot of value to this team offensively. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, You'll get a free bet back. All right, this week, Bryson's doing the picking. He's got the Nuggets, Jokic over Kyrie and Luka, the Mavericks. They, uh, The Nuggets are a seven-point favorite in this one. He's got them covering and winning that game. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Let's talk about Jim Caldwell, another one I didn't see coming because he had turned down a lot of jobs other than head coach as of late. But Jim Caldwell hired as a senior assistant. Looks like he'll be helping with all three phases of the game, and that's offense, defense, special teams. So, Again, another guy they interviewed as a head coach, and they land him as an assistant, which that makes three total, which is just incredible work. Caldwell, what do you think of him? Yeah, you you know what I'm going to say. I've said it about two other guys. It says a lot about Frank Wright. I mean, to to come on the guy's staff that uh, was hired over you and be an assistant for him, I mean, that says a lot about the guys that accepted the positions in Caldwell and Evero, um, but it also says a lot about Wright. And I think that he's he's preached a plan to them um, to convince them that Carolina is, you know, it's not messing around anymore. They're here to build a staff and a team that's going to compete for championships. And like Wright mentioned in his press conference, the floor is making the playoffs. And I think – the NFC is very weak overall. There's not a whole lot of talent at the quarterback position um, in the NFC. Uh, the NFC South specifically, wide open division. Um, Carolina is building a staff that can take take the reins of the NFC South and and keep a hold of it for years to come if they can get the quarterback right. Uh, I think everything else on this team is pretty solid for the most part and is good enough to win games, especially in the NFC South. So. Uh, Jim Caldwell, an absolute home run of a hire. Uh, I think he's going to help with all three phases of of uh, the game and uh, report direct, directly to Wright. So, uh, I mean, you, there's so much experience on the staff, um, previous head coaches, and um, just in general uh, across the league. And one of the – I think I tweeted it, it's a top five staff already, and I think that if, if they can get – uh, offensive coordinator like uh, uh, Thomas uh, Brown from uh, the Rams or uh, Patulo from the Eagles. It seems like Brian Johnson's going to get the promotion with Steichen leaving, but uh, I think even even without him, either of those guys, it's already a top five staff. But I think with them, it it'll absolutely cement that. You know, in my opinion, I think Carolina's got one of the best staffs in all of 
all of the NFL. And I think that says a lot about David Tepper, honestly, um, being able to admit that he, he fucked up on the Matt rule hire and he's, he's completely swinging the other way now and going with, you know, veteran, uh, not all veteran, but, uh, very good experience on, in most areas, uh, of, of the coaching staff and, and really, setting the record straight in Carolina and, and setting them up for success as much as he can with the coaching staff. And I think Tepper has preached that there's not a salary cap for the coaches. And I think that that's something that he's proven this hiring cycle is that, you know, whoever Reich wants, he, he can go get. And uh, they missed out on Fangio, but man, they've hired just absolutely amazing coaching staff from top to bottom. And I don't think that, uh, players pl- players are going to want to come to Carolina just to be coached by this coaching staff, and I think that that's something that can't be overlooked. Yeah, just some. I'll I'll get to Tepper in a little bit here, but some things about Caldwell, which I mean, this all kind of intertwines. So Reich was the coach was a coaching intern with the Colts in 2006, and Caldwell was the assistant head coach, a quarterbacks coach under Tony Dungy. And then, so, and then they won both, they won two Super Bowls together there, or uh, won Super Bowl rings together at that year. And then Reich became the quarterback's coach when Caldwell took over the Colts head coach job when Dungy retired. So a lot of happening there, but they've, I mean, they definitely have had a relationship in the past. And obviously, I'm sure that helped bring him in here to Carolina. So, yeah, the staff is great. I I wanted I wanted to mention Tepper too. I think he deserves. He, I mean, he deserves to be commended. Uh, he got a lot of shit, deservedly so. I mean, this team has been through the ringer the last four or five years that he's been as uh, has been owner, and you know it's been a recycling of coaches and it's been a recycling of quarterbacks, and it looks like as of right now that this staff is pretty damn good and we're still even haven't even named an offensive coordinator yet. So I'm going to temper my praise on Tepper a little play on words there a little bit, but he definitely he's it's so far so good. So hats off to him because he deserves some credit when, if you're going to slam him, you better give him credit too. when when it's deserved. So, so far so good on, on the staff and the head coach hire. So going to offensive coordinator, you kind of mentioned it. If you had to pick, do you have a preference out of the it sounds like I wouldn't I mean I I've seen the reports, but the Brian Johnson thing is not confirmed yet. So I don't I'm not entirely throwing that out of the realm of possibilities. Well, you know his connection with Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, uh what is that? He's he's basically been involved in Jalen Hurts' life since he played flag football, like the, since age oh, of 12. Oh, gotcha. No, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. So uh, he's got a really good relationship with Jalen Hurts. And, well, then let's take him out of the picture. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's pretty much why I was doing it. I don't think he's going to leave that situation. So let's look at – then let's look at Patulo, Brown, and then you didn't mention him, and it's a, he's got a great name, Jim Bob Cooter. So <laughs> out of those three, who do you like? If you had, if you had to pick one of those guys, I think out of those three, none of them are going to be calling the plays in Carolina. I think it's going to be Frank Wright, uh, anyways. But uh, I think the person who has the most to bring, in my opinion, would be probably Patulo, just based off of his work with um, Jalen Hurts this season. And uh, I'm hoping Carolina goes the rookie QB route. So. Um, basically coming off of a recent um, success with a rookie quarterback and Jalen Hurts, I think would could only help in Carolina. And uh, I think Thomas is Thomas Brown is a great option as well. He's a guy who was receiving head coaching uh, interviews as well. So uh, I think those two guys would be great. And I think even Jim Bob Cooter is, you know, it, it can, it can be worse. He's, I mean, to give him credit, he's working with, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville and helped him succeed. So uh, I think all three have their own, their own, they bring their own thing to the table. But uh, in my opinion, I think Reich is going to call the plays uh, no matter who it is. So I think it's just really uh, relationship wise and, and what each person brings um, to the table 
with how they can build a relationship with a new quarterback in Carolina. And just based off of Jalen Hurts' success, I would go Patulo in the passing game coordinator for uh, the Eagles. Yeah, I would go just looking at it. I think Patulo has the best to offer just looking at his history. I mean, I really like Shane Steichen. He worked alongside him with that entire Eagles staff. He also worked with Reich in Indy when Phillip Rivers had, I think, arguably one of the best seasons he's ever had. So I just think based off of that, I if I had to choose anyone, that would be that would be the guy. And we've seen Jim Bob Cooter. He was, I think he was OC in Detroit several years back. So it would be nice to kind of see one of these newer, newer guys get you. Cause you kind of know what you're getting in Jim Bob Cooter. And I guess, I mean, he has, there are things that I'm sure he's developed over time too. And he does have a history with Doug Peterson, who's a hell of a coach as well. So I don't think you can go wrong with all either three of the guys, but if I had to pick, I would, I would think Kevin Petulo gets the nod, and we'll see if that comes to fruition. I don't know if did they ever say like officially that he was interviewed. I know like there was interest there, but maybe they don't announce that, or that's just under the table, and they don't really. But I I don't know if I've ever seen where it was like, yep, they brought him in and interviewed him already. So no, I I don't I haven't seen that. Um, but we also didn't see that with Caldwell or uh, yeah those other guys. So uh, it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I just don't think it's been reported. All right. Well, let's get to the other news of the day. Uh, that was kind of expected after the reports this weekend. But Derek Carr is no longer a, a Las Vegas Raider. They informed him today. and or, Well, they didn't inform him. They released him today. Um, his $40.4 million guaranteed was supposed to hit today. So they got rid of him. So now he gets a jump start in free agency does not have to wait until free agency starts to sign with a team. So that gives him first pick really out of all the free agents at this point. And according to Adam Schefter, he's expected to draw interest from the Saints. And yeah, you guessed it, the Carolina Panthers. Bryson, Derek Carr, what do you think of him? Okay, so to start, uh, I think... It's fair to say if Derek Carr became a Carolina Panther, he would be a top five quarterback in the NFC. I think because I've, like I mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, there is not a lot of talent in, at the quarterback position in the NFC. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jared Goff. I mean, there's just not a whole lot. Rodgers is probably leaving the NFC. It seems like the Jets are his likely landing spot. But even with that, I do not want Derek Carr in Carolina. Um, he is a he would be a top five quarterback just because the NFC generally just doesn't have a whole lot of talent. Um, he's not a top five quarterback in the AFC. You don't even know if he's a top seven or eight quarterback in the AFC. Um, he is a quarterback that I think can maintain mediocrity. He can maintain a um, game manager, maybe maybe slightly above game manager level of play. Uh, but I think Carolina has gone this route multiple times over the past couple of years, and it has not worked. And I think in general, the fans in Carolina want to draft a quarterback in the top five, ten picks of the draft and develop their own guy. And I, I think with the coaching staff, the way it's been assembled and – the way things are just pointing in general right now, in my opinion, it, it seems like that they're going the rookie quarterback route and potentially trading up to take one of the top two guys and Stroud or Young in the draft. But there's always that that thought in the back of my mind um, where Carolina's going to Carolina and think that they can revive this uh, quarterback's career, which he had an awful year last year uh, in terms of his previous years in the league. So uh, I think, I think if Carolina were to get Derek Carr, I think it, that would instantly make them favorites to win in NFC South, but that's because we're arguably the worst division in the NFL right now. And um, I don't think if your ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl, 
I don't think Derek Carr is a quarterback that's going to win you a Super Bowl. So uh, I think if your goal is to make playoffs and lose in the first round, then maybe Derek Carr is your guy. But uh, I have my sights set higher. And uh, from Frank Reich's press conferences, press conference, it sounded like he has his height or his sights set higher too, with the floor being the playoffs and the goal, the ultimate goal being the Super Bowl. So um, I think there will be a lot of disappointed fans with the progress they've made in regards to the staff they put together. Uh, to fall back to their old ways of of trading or signing up uh, a free agent quarterback instead of drafting one and developing would be extremely disappointing uh, to a lot of fans and nothing against Derek Carr. I just, I think Carolina's kind of worn out their welcome on this route of, of trying to fix the quarterback position and it's time to take a chance and draft their guy. And, and I think Reich and his staff, are positioned well to develop a guy that they bring in. And, you know, you still got Matt Corral on the roster, who was a uh, highly touted guy last year, third-round pick. Uh, he's, you know, he's got his pros and cons. Uh, so bring in a rookie, let them battle it out. I mean, it, it doesn't stop you from bringing in a bridge quarterback, like, I don't know, like a Brissett or something like that, or a, maybe a Taylor Heineke. Uh, but I think – when you bring in a guy like Carr, who's going to demand 30 or $40 million a year, I don't think that you're going to be spending your top 10 draft pick on a quarterback. Uh, when you bring in a 31 year old quarterback, who's getting paid 34 million, 30 or $40 million a year. And it seems like your goal is to uh, get to the playoffs immediately. So um, I think I know how, what way you're going to lean, but uh, personally it's rookie quarterback or bust for me this year. And I, I'm, I'm just – I don't want Derek Carr in Carolina. Yeah, I was asked at work today, what do you think of the What do you think of the move? And I literally said no. That was my answer. Um, you know, look, Carolina has been down this retread route, and I pushed for it last year. I'll admit it. I pushed Same. for Baker Mayfield. I get it. I'm tired of it, though. And I, I don't think <laughs> – I, I hope Scott Fitter has learned from his experience with Matt Rule in trying this route. I hope Frank Reich learned from his experience doing this in Indy with every year they went after a veteran. Yeah, maybe they made the playoffs, but it never got them the over the hump. And then they were looking for another quarterback then that following year. Don't think it's worth it. The cost is a lot. Carolina's nine in the hole right now, nine million negative in uh, cap space. They're going to need to move some things around and a lot of things. His cap hit's going to be a lot to swallow. I don't think at this point, and I get it for now, and looking at it down the road, I'm sure that contract's going to be favorable when you look at it in three or four years because that QB contract is just going to keep going up and up. But at this point, I don't think Carolina can swallow it. And I think the rookies have a higher ceiling than Derek Carr off just based off of potential. And then my next question to anyone who wants him on this team, how do you expect Derek Carr to be a better quarterback when he was given Devontae Adams, which is is arguably one of the best wide receivers in the game, Darren Waller, who's a top 10 tight end, and Josh Jacobs, who was a top five running back last year, and he couldn't do a damn thing with him and was benched halfway through the season. I'm sorry, but Devontae Adams, better than DJ Moore. Darren Waller, better than any tight end we have right now. And Josh Jacobs, he's, he's better than Foreman. So... If you expect Derek Carr to come in here and light up the show when he couldn't do it with those guys, that's I, I don't know how you can convince me otherwise where he's going to come out and turn his career around and bring this team a Super Bowl. And that's the ultimate goal. I don't care about a one-time playoff game here and there. I This team needs to win a championship. I just don't see him getting us there. So that's my take on Derek Carr. I'm the same as you, but we both have been saying it for months. It is rookie or bust for me. Don't want a free agent. I don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. A one or two year rental, and I don't want Derek Carr. He can go to New Orleans. Yeah, he they might make quickly make that team pretty, you know, decent. I get it. 
because he is a top 15 quarterback. There's no doubt about it statistically. I just would rather take a shot on a rookie who could potentially have a higher ceiling and, you know, make within time make a run for a Super Bowl. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> it's it it's not going to change from here on out. It's it's rookie or bust, and <laughs> that's what I'm going to keep pushing, and we'll both keep pushing. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. I mean, you look at the teams that were in the Super Bowl. I mean, unless you hit on a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, this talent. Uh, Jalen Hurts is on a rookie contract. That's how the Eagles were able to build the best roster in the league. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes elevates everybody because he's Patrick Mahomes. But um, I think the way that most teams, Joe, the Bengals with Joe Burrow, uh, I mean, the Chargers with Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, what, I mean, early on, like these teams, they get they get rookies and they build around them because they're on these rookie contracts. They're able to stack talent on their roster at a much higher level than teams like the Chiefs who had to trade Tyree Kill because they couldn't afford him because of Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they still won a Super Bowl, but it's Patrick Mahomes. So uh, if, unless the Panthers can hit on a, a, a talent like that, which Derek Carr is not even holding Patrick Mahomes as a strap talent-wise, uh, you just need to move on. You just need to you need to get a rookie on a rookie contract and build around them and develop them and make him your guy. And I think that there's a handful of guys in this year's draft that that can develop into that. And uh, I know I I feel confident that at least four could be decent franchise quarterbacks. So uh, we'll just see what time does for Carolina. And I hope they mind their own business and and let the Saints. Detrimentally sign their uh their QB and Derek Carr. And I will say this because I've seen this on Twitter today that people thinking getting Derek Carr would be the bridge. You don't sign a bridge quarterback to like a four or five year deal, like thirty to forty million average per year. So that like the Derek Carr experiment, that's going to be your quarterback for the foreseeable future in the next couple of years. That is not a bridge. You ain't paying a bridge for $40 million a year. So people can get that out of their mind right away. That's not happening. So again, let's try the rookie route. Let's give it a shot. Find your guy. Like, like Scott, or Scott Fitterer said a couple of weeks ago, if you got conviction on them, go move up and get them. And that's what they need to do. And hopefully they make the right choice. I, I tweeted it out today, and I'll say it again. And I stand by this, and I know it It was maybe a hot take, and people were bitching about it online. But I will be curious to see. We'll find out real quick if Scott Fitter and Frank Reich learned at all from their past experience in Indy and Carolina with if with this interest in Derek Carr and we'll find out real damn fast so it'll be interesting to see over these next couple days Saints have had two interviews with them they've seen the most interested but I'm sure New York Jets are going to be involved as well they're they're looking for a free agent veteran quarterback route and it looks like they have their sights set on Carr and probably Aaron Rodgers so something to monitor over the next you know couple days and weeks as we get into free agency here coming up here shortly let's talk about one more thing and this is looking ahead but carolina might officially have their first homegrown hall of famer this upcoming year in julius peppers so the hall of fame obviously was announced during the um, NFL honors, the uh, the next class of the Hall of Fame. And then after that, they released, obviously, the eligibility for the next, for this upcoming year in 2024. Um, or it would be, yeah, 2024 class. And Julius Peppers is eligible, which all indications show, and if he doesn't, will be insanity that he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer and deservedly so. The guy was a beast, a freak, whatever you want to call it, for the Panthers and for several teams after that, and then came back to Carolina and was still a beast. So very happy for that. And 
going to be very excited when that happens. Yeah, I mean, what, what is he, like fourth or fifth all-time in sacks? I mean, it, it, he's the definition of a first ballot Hall of Famer, just a true game wrecker, game in, game out, made a difference when Carolina needed him to the most. And and like you mentioned, did it on other teams and then came back. I mean, he's a true – the true meaning of keep pounding, uh, a true Panther through and through, and uh, I think he's a great – person to represent Carolina in the Hall of Fame. And I thought Steve Smith should have been in as well, but Steve Smith will get in, just wasn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think Peppers will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, he is fourth all time. And I'll just read you three names and that's all you really need to know. Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Kevin Green, Julius Peppers is fourth. All four of those guys are Hall of Famers. Yep. I mean, he has more sacks than Michael Strahan, who got in first ballot, I believe. I think so. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. That would be that would be one I'd be interested in going to Canton for, and obviously Steve Smith as well, which I, I hope at some point here he gets in. He's going to get in, I just a matter of time, but that's another one. Well, let's I'd plan like it to- right now. If, if Peppers <laughs> is announced, we're going to Canton. Amen to that. I'm down for that. I've never been it. anyway. I've I've not been either. Let's that, do it. That would be it. And then hopefully someday, and it better happen. Cam Newton is inducted as well. So, oh yeah. But yeah, I think we're going to leave it at that. We just want to thank everyone for listening to the Panthers on Tap podcast. You can catch all of our episode wherever you get your podcasts. Go give us a follow on Twitter at Panthers on Tap for all your analysis and breaking news and as always